values, and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. Appreciate you joining me for part of the day. I want to give you one more uh, one more shout out to the people that are working so hard at St. Mary's Food Bank and St. Vincent de Paul and United Food Bank and all the other organizations across the valley to help feed hungry families this Thanksgiving. We're going to talk specifically about the economy here. <clears throat> so I wanted to make sure that um, we at least recognize that there are those in need. And a lot of times these organizations are used to having more volunteers than they can handle. And people are donating generously because this is the time of year. Isn't it interesting that at the time of year when we count our blessings, when we think about we are more mindful of the good things in our life than we are the bad, it motivates us to want to give and help others. I love that about us. And uh, I would say to you, if, you, if you're if you able to this week, if you would, give to one of those organizations. St. Mary's Food Bank uh, can buy seven meals for a dollar under normal circumstances. I think they're somewhere between six and seven now because of the increased food costs. But that's an amazing amount of, of money uh, or a stretching of the dollar to be able to do that. But for Thanksgiving, turkeys are 20 bucks this year. There is a short supply of turkeys, so they have had donations diminish a little bit and they've had the need go up and so of the cost. So they were going to serve well over 10,000 families and provide them with food for a Thanksgiving dinner. I'm talking about St. Mary's Food Bank um, at their locations uh, this week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And uh, that is a huge need out there. So if you're able to, if you haven't yet and you're able to give, you can go to stmarysfoodbank.org. That's stmarysfoodbank.org. And 20 bucks buys a turkey. You can help them ease the pain of some families and make sure that as a valley, we... Uh, you know, figuratively speaking, we hold hands on Thanksgiving and we're thankful for each other and some of us being able to help others is one way to say and do that. Um, so I hope you will. I, I preface that's that's the preface as we look into the Arizona economy. Things are going well for us and the future looks good in Arizona. The job market is good. Um, I've talked so much about education and higher education and how these things kind of go together Um and it's interesting to talk about education in Arizona. I've talked about the CTEDs. I just had another conversation with people regarding higher education and and uh, getting a skill set. And um, I think they go hand in hand. Having qualified people is one thing, but having the people that are able to learn the qualifications, that's what's so hard right now is we are taking kids and we're passing them through high school. And they have to go into remedial classes to get a basic college degree. Getting people that are excelling in the STEM curriculum, that are able to go into colleges and into engineering programs and on to other areas, we're having to expand our visa program because we can't find qualified Americans to do some of these jobs. The chip plants that are going in, this is going to be a chip hub in Arizona with the chip plant that's going on up in North Phoenix right now. It would be a shame if it wasn't the vast majority of Americans that were taking those high-paying jobs. And it's you've got to be able to get the qualifications. And you don't understand that as a kid. I didn't anyway. I liked school when I was very young. I didn't like it in high school. I wanted to grow up. I wanted to be an adult. It didn't make sense to me. I just wanted to work. And when you're young and you're full of energy and you're, you just think you're never going to get tired and you're never going to slow down, you just want to work. And I'm going to go out and I'm making a few hundred bucks as a 15-year-old working full time. And I'm thinking I've got the world by the tail. And I'm just going to work the rest of my life. I'll run around restaurants. How hard can it be or whatever? I'll run on job sites. I was in construction for a long time. I love it. And now I think, man, I'm 55 years old and I'm so glad I'm not wearing that tool belt anymore. If I didn't have the skill set to learn, 
Because I develop, you know, I developed my skills as an electrician. I didn't just walk on the job site or read it in a book and walk out there and start doing things the right way. You have to learn and you develop the skills. The economy in Arizona, as there is this fight for qualified people, I just got a message from someone that was talking about union training, um, and I'm not a big union person myself, but it's an interesting uh, an interesting. Um, Actually, it was an interesting message that I got from this person saying that, you know, the union, that union pipe fitters is what he was, who he was talking about in their apprenticeship program and the need for about 700 people in an apprenticeship program. Um, you can go to a CTED, uh, which are the career technical education districts. And as a high school student, your child can go in. And what I like the most about them is it's, is not just giving these kids a skill. That's an amazing thing that they are doing, but it teaches them the practical application of school work. Why do you have to know how to read? Well, you have to know how to read because everything you're going to do in life when you find what you love, you're going to have to learn and you're probably going to have to read a book. You're probably, you know, studying for me, studying a code book as an electrician. How do you navigate the code book if you can't read? If you can't perform math skills, how do you learn the algebraic equations? How do you learn geometry? How do you learn to bend pipe or conduit? How do you learn to size for wire, size for conduit, voltage drop? How do you calculate all that if you can't perform math skills? How do you read blueprints? How do you read a schematic on a motor diagram? You have to be able to learn those things. And if you aren't able to learn, if you don't know how to read, imagine somebody that can't read. As an adult, what they are limited in what they can accomplish. And so when we talk about the economy, it goes hand in hand with a basic education. And we haven't really done a very good job of that. And Arizona needs to change. Arizona needs to be more focused on the core curriculum. This is where when we fight about what goes on in schools, and we do, we argue about them. You know, critical race theory isn't being taught in Arizona public schools, and neither is social emotional learning, and this is all scare tactics. Well, we can argue until the cows come home about whether or not it's being taught in schools. One thing you can't argue with me about is we are dismal when it comes to the education of our kids at the third grade level in reading and the eighth grade level in math, which means we are taking the youngest among us and we are telling them that we are allowing you to skate and we're allowing you to skate by and right now it feels good to you. I may be your favorite teacher now. I'm your buddy. But when you can't read when you're 18 years old, when you you cannot, you finally find the job you love or an avenue you want to 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 go down with your life and you aren't qualified and you don't have the skill set to learn it. That's what's frustrating. And we have got to do a better job of equipping children to be critical thinkers. And I, I just don't understand. I don't understand why we do the things we do the way we do them. If Arizona schools are performing as badly as they are, why are people in the schools resisting the change that might be necessary to fix the problem? And that's why you're seeing turnovers on school boards. That's why you're seeing a lot of teachers frustrated with their with their career path, not because they don't love teaching, but because they're not able to teach. They're stuck with all of these other things outside of the core curriculum. I would imagine I'm not a teacher, but I would imagine seeing a child learn to read before your eyes and opening that world to them is got to be an accomplishment that can't be. Even described, 
And you've got teachers that are so dedicated to children and making sure that they impact their lives in a positive way, that they are teaching them the basic skills so that when that child comes back to them years later, they say thank you. And that, that to me is the, the, the best part about that. The teachers that I still remember, and I, I've talked about the dean of students, Bill Geddes. We're still friends on Facebook. Thank God Bill Geddes is still with us, uh, and he lives in part-time, at least in my town, and we keep in touch. And he was somebody that impacted my life in, in the 80s. And I still, and it's not just me, he's got hundreds of his former students that, that love him every time they see him. That's the kind of impact we should be having on kids. In a moment, uh, we're going to get you caught up on the biggest news stories of the day. We have a segment called Did You Hear This? If you haven't heard it, stick around. we we'll catch you up on all of it. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. All right, let's catch you up on all these headlines. Did you hear this? Did you hear this? Broomhead's reaction to the hottest news stories. Yesterday, Mojave County announced that they would delay certifying the results of the midterm election in solidarity with Cochise County. It's a political statement. I'm not going to lie. We did it last year. We did it in 2020. It doesn't hinder us. It's not going to hold us liable. It's. What do you think of this statement by Mojave County? All right, you're telling us what it's not going to do. What is it going to do? It's doing nothing but draw unwanted attention to more election denial, to to postponing the inevitable, and it's doing nothing to expand your reach. That's the issue here. The Republicans have the number one voter registration demographic in the state, more than independents, more than Democrats, and they're losing four to two in statewide races. What are you doing to attract those independent voters and attract Republicans back under the tent instead of driving them out. And when you do things like this, people roll at a very minimum. They roll their eyes at the political tactic of this and say it's time to move on. Why are you not listening to the voters? That's my biggest complaint about all of this. Sheriff Paul Penzone spoke on the threats that caused Maricopa County Board of Supervisors Bill Gates to be moved to an undisclosed location. A lot of these things came from folks out of state. Arizona's doing just fine. We do not need interference from people outside of the state to tell us how to run an election or what elected officials are um, deserving to be in their positions. We get to choose. You don't. Is it more concerning that these threats came from people outside Arizona? Yeah, you know, again, anytime this happens, when it happened to Clint Hickman and people showed up at his house, the vast majority of those people were from outside of Arizona. These are people that are reading things online and hearing things through the conspiracy theory chain of command and they're believing what they're hearing they're angry people they act out online and thank god the vast majority of these threats are unfounded these are just people that we call we call them keyboard warriors they threaten me online as well and it's people that are anonymous online that make threats that are trying to up you know overturn a bunch of different things and they're just trying to be famous for 15 minutes but when one of those threats is real then it becomes dangerous and those are the things we have to avoid. You are listening to Did You Hear This? We do it every every day at this time to catch you up on headlines. In a recent interview, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo stated who he believed is the person who causes him the most concern. I get asked, who is the most dangerous person in the world? Is it Chairman Kim? Is it Xi Jinping? The most dangerous person in the world is Randy Weingarten, the head of the American Federation wow. of Teachers yeah. Union. Do you agree with his assessment? I don't know that I would call her the most dangerous person in the world, but I certainly would say with the state of education, 
education in America and some of the things that she has done for public education. Um, it is scary of what's go- what is happening, that we are not teaching children to read. We are not creating critical thinkers. So I understand his point. I, I think it was exaggerated, but I'm certainly not a fan of the way the teachers' unions behave, and no one should be a fan of the way we're educating our children in this country. <laughs> As we loom closer to a possible railroad strike, we are beginning to understand how this would affect our economy. The transportation of things like agricultural goods, corn, wheat, soybeans, manufacturing equipment. A strike would stall all of that and seriously hit the supply chain at a key time right before the holidays. How would a rail strike impact the trucking industry? Oh, my gosh. Right now, we don't we don't have enough. Di- we have, what, 26 days of a supply of diesel fuel. It's extremely and dangerously low. And we know that that's what those trucks use. If we got, if we had a stall in the rail system and things had to be trucked across the country, if they had to be flown, imagine what it would do just to the cost of diesel fuel and the supply of diesel fuel if you were able to get enough trucks on the road to transport those goods. It would dramatically slow things down. You would see interruptions in a lot of industries immediately, and it would be a huge disaster, and some are predicting it would cost America billions of dollars, with a B, billions of dollars a day if it were to happen. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those um, and great job, Julia, as always. Um, it is one of those things that we must keep an eye on and what's happening with our economy as as fragile as it is. Um, we are seeing job. The job market is still very strong. But if they don't have the things that are necessary to build a product, they don't need people on the assembly line. I mean, it's just that simple. When you look at UPS is already saying we are preparing for other options to make sure that we we slow down or we diminish the delays that are going to happen if a rail strike occurs. Uh, I don't know. I can tell you I observed it for a few days as a tourist in France when I was there. For the D-Day anniversary, we were in Paris for four days, and as we traveled across the country, we were supposed to go by train. And what ended up happening was we had to go by bus. We had to take – we had chartered buses. Thank God we had chartered buses. But it slowed down the process. It was it, it was much longer. But imagine the working public in a, in a city like Paris, in a place like France, where the a large part of the working public travels on public transportation, and they traverse the country by train, and oh, the rail strike happened there and it crippled the country and the same thing is going to happen here and we are much bigger than France look at a map we're much bigger than France trying to get goods across the country trying to get some of the things that uh, that are transported by, by, by train is going to be a nightmare if this were to happen and it should be a warning sign all Americans should be paying attention to this want to expand our conversation about elections because two Arizona counties now are not going to certify their elections right away we've got a recount in Maricopa County what does all of this mean and what are the solutions talk about it next strong values and strong opinions the mike broomhead show ktar news 92.3 fm and the ktar news app you know how much I like to read headlines, a political statement. Mojave County delays its 2022 election certification for political reasons. They admitted that. Um, Karen Taylor Robeson, who um, it's it's interesting how voters see things just because uh, she was new and running for office. She's been a member of the Board of Regents. She's been a lifelong Republican. And uh, um, the family, her family. 
is known uh, in political circles and has been for decades. She is not a newcomer to Arizona politics. Her name was just new to a lot of people when she ran for governor. Um, she has been very vocal about wanting changes in the Arizona Republican Party and um, – Story says Arizona Republicans were carjacked by grifters. Um, the more, ang- uh, the most anger I encountered was in regards to the 2020 election, she said in this interview Thursday, where there are people that just believe it was stolen. That's where you get uh, real, uh, got the real kind of a visceral. And if I, you didn't know it and buy into the narrative, they were angry. And that's. That's the difference. I want to start there. For those of you that are not necessarily party inclined, although you vote and you, you, you have opinions on issues, I don't think you listen to talk radio if you don't have opinions on issues. Um, and you either agree or disagree, but you're opinionated and you want to talk about your opinions. And I think that's the best part of who we are. It's why I stay on social media. Trust me, social media is just a mean place. And the reason why I stay there is because every once in a while, not I shouldn't say that, you get a lot of times you get a really good conversation with someone that disagrees with you that would never, you'd never meet them in any other circumstance. And you get to have a back and forth. And I love that. But it is interesting and I find it fascinating. That the people out there, and nothing is 100%, but the attitude of people out there that are believe that the election was stolen, that are the most vocal, are the ones that are telling you to get out of their party. <laughs> it's their party. Get out if you don't agree with them. I've not heard it the other way. So I have friends on both sides of this, and I mean very close friends. I have very close friends that have been lifelong Republicans that have been labeled rhinos because they won't go along with the angry part of what's happening within the party leadership that's happening now. There are, you know, these are people that have been working on political campaigns for decades. These are people that have been involved and invested that started a lot of the things that you know now in the Republican Party, if you're a Republican, that you know now as every day. These were started by some of those people with their money, their talent, and their time. And now they've been cast out of the party by a group of people. Well, you didn't kick them out. You told them to leave, and they were happy to walk away and take their checkbook and take their years of experience and go somewhere else. And what you're left with now is a shell of a party. What I haven't heard, and I've been in both rooms. I've been in rooms with people that that, that firmly believe that 2020 was stolen. And I've been in rooms of people that believe it's time to move on. You know what I've never heard from the time to move on crowd? Never. Those people need to get out of our party. Never. Never. And so you hear it from the angry people that when you disagree with them, and I I believe this respectfully, that it's an immature way to see life. You don't agree with me. So you should have to leave. I shouldn't have to defend my beliefs. I shouldn't have to run for an office. I shouldn't have to explain myself to you. So if you disagree with me, get out. And isn't it interesting that tent gets smaller and smaller and smaller? I tell people all the time, I've been divorced. I've changed my mind. Was I lying when I said I would love you forever or you said it to me? No, we changed our minds. Not calling it good. I'm saying we've all done it. We've all changed positions on things. And here we are at a time where we've got this big political divide in this country. 
and you've got a group of people that want to alienate a part of their party. You still hold on to the highest voter registration in the state of Arizona is Republican, and you're losing four out of the six statewide races. And the only two, the only two that won so far stayed away from the election denial. They talked about the issues. Tom Horn went out and said to Arizona voters, it's time to change the way we educate our children. He, you know, he said, I've done this job before. I did it for eight years. It was different then, and it needs to be different now. The path we're on where kids can't read and kids can't perform math skills has to change. I've got a different plan. He didn't go down the road of election denial. He didn't talk about it. Kimberly Yee, the other Republican that won, also proof that Republican voters were out voting in mass, got more votes than any other candidate in Arizona, Republican or Democrat. She talked about the investment of Arizona's money. She talked about making sure that we earn as much interest on our money. We are doing the right things for education and how we are investing into the state's money. And overwhelmingly, the people of Arizona elected her over her Democrat opponent. Didn't say a word about election denial. So no one is asking election deniers to change their opinion. I haven't. I haven't heard of people that agree with me on this issue asking them to do it. They want to cast out anybody that doesn't agree with them. And they've done it. When you tell McCain Republicans in Arizona to get out, you've made a big mistake. That is a big mistake. And... We continue to see those mistakes being made. Republicans have held on to a one-seat majority in the House and the Senate. We have one elected legislator. Her name is Liz Harris. And again, uh, I don't mean any disrespect. I'm making an observation about what's happening. I, I know her very casually. She is one of the people that I know the least in the Republican Party. But I do know her. I've been in rooms with her before. I've had conversations with her. Um, when you're elected to an office and your party has a one-seat majority in the body and you're going to need to stay rallied together and every single vote, if you want something passed, you have to have every Republican vote yes. Um, why would you come out with a statement that says I won't do my job and vote on any legislation at all until there's a revote, which can't even be done according to the Arizona Constitution? Why would you do it? You're making a political statement, and what you are doing is alienating people in your district. You want to hang on to the one-seat majority? You want to grow the majority in the Arizona State Legislature for your party? Then you got to go in and do your job. If you're going to hold your seat hostage, you know, there was a – and I, I, listen, I'm someone that believes in standing up for what you believe in. There, there was a – and I cannot remember the woman's name, and I believe it was in Kentucky, but she was in charge of, you know, of, of issuing licenses. And uh, at the, for her county, and uh, her job was to issue marriage licenses. And she's a Christian woman, and a law was passed that said you have to give marriage licenses to same-sex couples. And she said, I'm not going to do it. Well, you have to. That's the job. No, I'm not. I'm not going to do it. And there were people that applauded her. Well, I applaud her for standing up for what she believes in. But standing up for what you believe in is, you know what, this job mandates that I do something I'm not comfortable with. So I'm not going to do the job. I'm going to quit. If you don't want to do the job, then quit. Because you're not hurting the Democrats. 
by saying you're not going to do your job. You're one less Republican vote. They're happy about that. And so if you want to keep the majority and grow the majority, you've got to do things that show the voting public that you're capable of managing the state's money and passing laws that benefit the people of Arizona. And when you haven't even been in the seat yet, you haven't even been sworn in and you're telling people you're not going to do your job and you do it in a room where everybody in that room cheers. Everybody in that room, when she said that, probably cheered for her if she was in a room full of people. And she knows what rooms those are that you go into and you say to them, I'm not going to vote for a single thing until we have a real a new election. And they cheer. You're not going to win again. You're not you're going to help your party lose the votes it needs on important pieces of legislation. Mojave County says they're standing in solidarity by delaying the inevitable. They already said we are going to certify the election. There's nothing wrong with our election. We're just going to postpone it to the last minute. So your message is we need to count votes faster. We need to certify elections faster. We need to know who wins elections faster. But now we're not going to certify those elections to make a political statement. It makes no sense. We've got some good news before we close out the show today. I just got an email that is great news. We're going to tell you what that great news is next. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Another walk down memory lane. First record I ever bought with my own money was six pieces of eight. This album right here. Back in time. Told you we got some good news to wrap up the show today, and it is actually good news. I just got an email from Jerry Brown, the director of public relations at St. Mary's Food Bank. They just received a donation of more than 1,100 turkeys from McNeely Construction, Elements Massage, and Eco Shield Pest Control. They got 900 turkeys from the Phoenix Police Department, and those would be the people at the Desert Horizon Precinct, which pushed them over their goal of 18,000 turkeys to serve families in need for Thanksgiving. So to all of you out there that donate, especially these people that jumped in today to push them over their mark. This shows, again, what this valley is all about. It shows who we are and that when there are people in need, even when we are hurting in some ways, and it's not easy financially for families, it is much more expensive to travel for Thanksgiving. It is much more expensive to put food on the table for Thanksgiving. And yet somehow, some way, we are meeting a need that exceeds everything that they've seen before. I kept getting daily updates before the holiday. They were saying that daily over the last three months, their daily averages each month went up to over like 1,500 families a day on average. And we're talking about multiple meals in an emergency food box. And they also know that this week, these three days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they will see more people than they see all year and other top parts of the year because of the need for Thanksgiving. 18,000 total. So again, McNeely Construction Elements Massage, uh, EcoShield Pest Control, Phoenix Police Department, especially Desert Horizon Precinct, and every single one of you that was out. I was out at the, the Safeway at 32nd Street in Camelback this weekend and volunteers were out collecting donations and I donated a little bit more just because I was there, so I, I donated some cash. But there were so many people that were donating cash. I saw a young man, he 
he's probably in his late teens, walk out of the Safeway store with the turkey that the family had purchased, and they put it in the container to go into this donation. So this shows you, uh, this is why I talk about intentional giving, and I talk about the people that do great work, and why I believe it's private organizations like St. Mary's Food Bank. Uh, I call them the OG. If you don't know this, St. Mary's Food Bank is the original food bank. I mean, in the country, the original food bank. I call them the OG. And uh, they do great work along with the other organizations we volunteer and we promote. But it really comes down to the benevolence of people. People are good. People want to make sure that when they give, who they are giving to are the people in need or the organizations that are good stewards of their donated time or their donated money. And that's the key to success. You've got experts in the field because they're immersed in it on a daily basis. They understand the need more than anyone else. And if you look at the problems that this country is facing right now, I think part of the issue is we rely on the politicians to solve the problem. And in many cases, the politicians aren't asking the right people and they're not asking the right questions. You want to talk about the border issue. Why isn't the president of the United States talking with the border sheriffs that have been there for all of these years? Why are you not talking to seasoned border agents that are patrolling the border for years? Why are you not talking to the border strike force leaders, the DPS here in Arizona, and what they're doing and what their needs are? That's how you solve a problem, by immersing yourself in it and asking the problem solvers what they are doing, what they think needs to be done. And the same thing happens here in this community, whether it's homelessness or hunger. These organizations are immersed in it on a daily basis. It's what they do. They are laser focused and they understand that they exist because of the benevolence and the kindness and the giving nature of people and companies like these. So what they do is they make sure that they are good stewards with that money, that they spend it on the necessities so that they stretch every dollar. But they also make sure that they are serving the need. It's an amazing place. I I am so happy that I got this email before the show was over because it's a great way to end the show with some good news that you were probably and many of you would listen to the show donated to St. Mary's Food Bank. You helped push them across the finish line. They are doing such hard work, tirelessly working long hours, but your donations helped get them to their goal. And they sent out this email as an acknowledgement to everybody, you included, if you help push them over the top. It's great. Now, I would say to you. It's not close to being over. St. Mary's Food Bank will go to work next week again, and they will be feeding more families as we sprint toward the Christmas holiday and the Hanukkah holiday. Um, So what we need to do is keep them and be mindful of doing it again if we can, keeping the momentum going. But uh, congratulations to everybody over at St. Mary's Food Bank. When you reach your goal, it feels terrific. Again, Phoenix Police Department, McNeely Construction, Elements Massage, EcoShield Pest Control. And for every individual out there that heard the cry of St. Mary's Food Bank, and push them across the finish line. It's You should feel a sense of accomplishment as we've done some good in our society for people that need it. That's what Thanksgiving is all about. That's who we are, and that's what we are here in Arizona. Just about out of time. If you're a social media user, keep in touch with me between shows. You can find me on Twitter, at BroomheadKTAR. That's my personal page. If you go to at Broomhead Show, we'll update you on what we're doing on the show. And if you're an Instagram user, Mike Broomhead, all one word. We're back tomorrow for the final time this week. We'll talk again. God bless. Thank you.